just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From APP.com, it's time to talk college hoops in the Garden State. Welcome to Jersey Jump Shot. Hello and welcome to our first show. It's Jersey Jump Shot coming to you from APP.com, our first episode of our new podcast as we head down the stretch of the college basketball season talking Jersey college hoops. Let's just get right into it. I'll introduce myself. I'm Ryan Ross. If you recognize my voice, you've probably watched the Red Zone Roadshow before or any of the videos or other stuff I do here at the press. I'm joined around the table, of course, by Steve Edelson and Jerry Carino. Guys, let's just go around and introduce ourselves and what we're going to be doing this year. Yeah, I think it's a great year for NJ Hoops in a college game. And uh, I'm Steve Edelson. I'm a columnist with the Asbury Park Press in Gannett, New Jersey. been covering sports in New Jersey for 35 years. And uh, honestly, I go back to being a middle schooler watching the Rutgers Final Four team in 76. Wow. <laughs> You're old. I'm Jerry Carino, and I'm the college basketball point person for the Asbury Park Press and the Gannett, New Jersey Papers. Uh, I have the. I've been doing this beat for 17 years, and uh, I cover Rutgers and Seton Hall primarily, but a little bit of everybody. And I have the New Jersey's lone vote in the Associated Press Top 25, and I am thoroughly enjoying this historic season for Jersey College basketball. So our podcast is perfectly timed. Perfect timing. Uh, you know, there's four teams really in the mix that uh, that could be heading to March Madness. We're going to get plenty into that too uh, throughout this show, and then as we do this show every week. So we're going to be coming to you just about every. Wednesday, we're going to be posting on iTunes, we'll be on SoundCloud, Spotify, I know it's soundcloud.com, slash Jersey Jersey Jump Shot, easy for me to say, I'll get used to that, but uh, of course too on app.com, we'll be posting uh, our podcast up there, and of course these two gentlemen, Steve and Jerry, they write plenty for app.com as well, so be on the lookout for all their coverage of college basketball. So let's just get right into it. Uh, Jerry, as you mentioned, you have a top 25 vote in the AP. Your poll, your poll, your voting, the poll in general just came out uh, on Monday. Uh, take us through your poll, how you voted this week. Really not a lot of change at the top from yeah, what I saw. This is an easy one. Some weeks you want to pull your hair out and down a bottle of wine. Uh, this <laughs> week was just like one glass. And the uh, number one local question, of course, is where do you put Seton Hall? They were 12th last week. They won a historic win at Villanova, which we'll discuss. But, you know, people thought that would vault them higher. But the, the bottom line is nobody lost, you know, inside the top nine. So Seton Hall vaulted. I had them 10. I had them, of course, passing Villanova, which was 10th, and then uh, passing Auburn, which was 11th and 1. But, you know, Auburn, yeah, they're 21-2, and two, but the schedule is nowhere near as impressive as Seton Hall's. They don't have the quality wins. So that was an easy one, and the panel agreed with me. I had Seton Hall 10th. They ended up 10th. And so pretty simple this week. Uh, Rutgers did get one vote, two points. I didn't vote for them. I think if they have a good week this week, that could change. 
And the Big East, too, kind of resembling the Big East of old, a number of teams, Ryan, you mentioned Villanova, and a, a team that's coming up this week for the Pirates is Creighton coming in at 23. So let's talk about this Seton Hall team. It's been a historic win. Let's do a recap first of the previous week. They had the win at Georgetown where I don't know what was said in the locker room, but they kind of just looked like they were shot out of a cannon to start that game. And then, of course, the big wins, a uh, big win over Villanova in Philadelphia uh, this past Saturday. Well, Seton Hall was embarrassed by how they got run off the, out of the gym by Xavier at home, and it showed. When a good team, when a quality team gets embarrassed, they're going to take it out on somebody. And they took it out on Georgetown. Now, credit Kevin Willard, made the right lineup adjustment. Sandro Mamukalashvili, I'm working on a pronunciation. <laughs> I believe I nailed it. Uh, Sandro had come off an injury. He had been out for seven weeks. He had to be worked into the lineup. He, he made his first start, and it made a huge difference. He was great in the game. They took a 16-0 lead, and never, I mean, they never really were threatened. Took Georgetown, which is undermanned, to the woodshed. So it was like the perfect tonic and tune-up to put Xavier in the past and then get ready for what was a giant showdown at Villanova, Ryan. And a big week coming up this week as well. We said number 23, Creighton, uh, Wednesday. And then Saturday at Providence, not an easy place to play. Right. So let's start with the Villanova. Just a quick word on that. It had been 26 years since they had won there. This Villanova team is good, young. Seton Hall showed you experience matters. These guys have been through the mill. They've, They've been in big games. They played a very tough schedule. And let me tell you. Seton Hall acted like it was all business afterwards, and that's how they're supposed to act in their press conference. They knew it was a monumental win. There was a big celebration in that locker room. And you do wonder, turning the page to Creighton, which is very good and very capable of beating Seton Hall on its home court at the Rock and the Prudential Center, um, you do wonder, can Seton Hall now you know, dial back the the euphoria and dial up the intensity again that's going to be needed to beat Creighton? I feel like this is a real test of how good Seton Hall is. We know they're good, but can they sort of flip that switch again? We're going to find out Wednesday. I think that Providence game is going to be, that's going to be a a big one because you come off a nice win over Creighton. Providence has some good wins at home this year, including one over Creighton. I mean, they're going to have to really come back from that uh, from Wednesday night. Here's the challenge with Providence, which is be Saturday's game, right? And you make a great point about being on a roll and refocusing. Providence's coach, Ed Cooley, coach Miles Powell at USA Basketball in the summer, knows exactly what Powell <laughs> wants to do, limited him to six shots, six-shot attempts in the first game at the Rock. Now, Seton Hall you know, won. They, they, they toughed out a close victory. That will be tough. Just a side note, just a little something a little breaking news for the listeners that uh, I'm told that Jeremy, there's a good chance Jeremy Hazell will be at the game Wednesday night, the Creighton game. Hazell is Seton Hall's third all-time leading scorer on the list. Miles Powell just surpassed him for the most three-point makes in, in program history. Hazell hasn't been around much. He's been around the world playing basketball. So an effort's being made to get him there. I believe he will be there, uh, barring any late change, and that should be a nice moment for fans and for Miles Powell and a little bit of like a passing of the torch, so to speak. Is this team different from what you've seen in the years past with Seton Hall? Uh, obviously, they've put some great squads out on the in the floor the last couple of years. They won the Big East tournament in a, a couple of years ago. Is there something different about this team, how they responded uh, to some adversity? They've had injuries. They've had what seems like two different cold slumps, and now here they are near or at the top ten. This is the best team Seton Hall's had since 1993, at least, 27 years. And the, the reason is threefold. One is you have a superstar in Miles Powell. Uh, who is you know arguably the best player in the country, 
who you can count on to get a bucket in a tight game. Two is they have ten players, the deepest they've been, deeper than any of those teams you mentioned, uh, and they can play different ways because of their depth. They can play big, they can play small, they can play with mobile bigs. They can press, they can lay back and pound you inside. And three is Kevin Wool has really matured as a coach. I mean, he's coming into his own. He could always develop players, but he's now he's, he's really has the locker room down, able to soothe that team when they hit the rocks with the injuries in December, concussion of Powell, broken wrist for Mamu. The two best players were out. Kevin in the past might have lost control of his locker room, totally maintained command. He's matured as a coach. And the other reason Kevin has gotten better is he's a good tactician. I mean, he he outmaneuvered Jay Wright Saturday going with that small lineup at the end of the game. No one outmaneuvers Jay Wright. So Kevin is – he's now a a top-shelf coach. So really the bow is sort of tied on the package for Seton Hall to do something special. And Steve, too, what have you seen out of this team? Obviously been around the game and, and following them as well. What makes them different from what you've seen in the well, years I, past? I think what you saw, I mean, they are really an experienced team. And what you saw at Villanova, which is as incredible an environment as you're going to find in college basketball, it didn't phase them at all. They were other than, I mean, see, Villanova made a couple runs at them. But basically, they were the best team on the court that entire game. And I, I think that shows you they, they're not going to be intimidated anywhere they go, anyone they play. The six and zero on the road in the Big East. I'm seven and two on the road in the season. Those are those are numbers that those are those are flags that tell you they can do something big in a neutral court environment in March. And, and let's get right into it. March, obviously, uh, we're heading towards that now. We still have the Big East tournament to get through, and then Selection Sunday, uh, about what a month or so away. But as of right now. As we're looking at this team, they're obviously capable of beating anyone. They're capable of winning on any floor. Where do you see them projecting right now uh, in the NCAA tournament? Are we talking two seed right now? Right. I think they're a two seed. Now, I saw the bracket reveal that the committee did, uh, that you know, dog and pony show for TV on Saturday, had them as a three seed. That's before they, they beat Villanova. That win should vault them into two seed territory at the moment. Uh, I think this is a two seed. Uh, and, look, when you assess Seton Hall, the committee – has to look at, they have to dig beyond the record and look at who they've beaten. 13 quad one and two wins. It's like the second or third most in the country. Seven and two on the road. These are metrics that have to be evaluated. They are two seed metrics. They're not three seed metrics. So you, you got to look beyond. I don't think they, they did a very good job with looking at the deep into the metrics when they had that reveal on Saturday. So I see this as a two seed. The goal for Seton Hall right now, win the Big East get to Albany for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, and then get to Madison Square Garden for the East Regional, that's going to take them probably moving to the two line. And so you have to keep winning. And and if they do, let's say, run the table, do they jump a team like San Diego State or Gonzaga who both play in weaker conferences? They're not going to run the table. I mean, that would be – all right, if they run the table, they're going to get a one seed, okay? They're going to probably get a one – that's not going to happen. It's not going to – the Big East – you know, they're playing great. The Big East is going to knock you down a little bit. So they're going to lose a couple games. The question is, did they lose two more games? Did they lose four more games? We don't know, and that's going to be the difference. Could they get a one seed? Yes. They're going to maybe get a little help. Probably would need a little help. And Duke is the, the elephant in the room, okay, because Duke's in the mix. And you just you, you can just feel it in your gut that the committee wants Duke in Madison Square Garden. And the selection committee chair is the Duke AD. <laughs> he leaves the room when they're evaluated. Blah, blah, blah. We know the truth. we watched college basketball a long time. Duke is getting a preferential seating. They're going to jam Duke into Madison Square Garden. So Seton Hall is going to have to go above and beyond to get in there with Duke or take Duke's spot. We shall see how that plays out. Obviously, a lot of moving parts still to, to figure out, but definitely fun to project right now. Uh, the other team, and I say other lightly because they've been quite a force this year as well, is Rutgers. Uh, 
they lose at Maryland last week, and they kind of have a crazy comeback win against Northwestern, a, a game that probably was a little bit too close for comfort if you look at the records of both teams. But this Rutgers team now, uh, they've already achieved something. They've already made history for this program, uh, spending some time in the top 25 this year. What do you see out of them as they have a tough slate, slate coming up at Oh, uh, at Ohio State, and then home, where they play so well against a ranked Illinois team. Going by the metrics, Rutgers in their final seven games is the toughest remaining schedule in the country. Okay, my question is: seven games left, four of them on the road. Rutgers is one in seven away from the rack, heading into Ohio State Wednesday. Can Rutgers win three more games? Three out of the last seven. Even if it's all three at home, it would be nice for them to get a road win. I think they can get in without one. Can they win three out of the last seven? I'm going to run down the list. Steve, you tell me. Three out of the last seven. At Ohio State, Illinois at home, they rank 22nd. Michigan at home, at Wisconsin, at Penn State. Maryland at home, ranked ninth, at Purdue. I think they can, and I'll tell you why, because of what I saw out of Geo Baker in that game. Baker's back. If Baker is back to being Geo Baker... Rutgers is going to have a legitimate chance to to pull that off. And I thought that was the biggest takeaway from that game. I mean, he literally carried him, as you said, you know, had a bad back because he was carrying him. <laughs> and, you know, th- to me, that was that was a huge moment. And, you know, you, it's not unheard of that they're going to win on Wednesday night at Ohio State. You come home, you know, they're great at home. They can beat Illinois at home. If they sweep this week – I mean, that's going to be really sending a message. Yeah, this is a huge week. Now, Baker's not going to do 25, 6, 5, and 0 every night. I mean, his line was extraordinary. The best line for a Rutgers player since at least 1993 in a game. Extraordinary line that he had against Northwestern Sunday. But what you want from Baker is, can he take the last shot? Is he, can, he, can, he, can you give him the ball at the end and be confident that he's going to make it? And you certainly can, and you, you saw that. So that's, that's a huge development for them, I agree. To me... There's a lot riding on Ohio State because, look, they can get in without winning a road game. But if they're going to win a road game, which they would need to help their seed, I think they're going to get in anyway like you do. Ohio State is, the, to me, the most winnable one. I don't care what Ken Palm says or what the net says. They love Ohio State. I think Ohio State is the most winnable game of the last four road games because it's they're not as hot. Those other teams are playing better. And... It's not a revenge game. Rutgers has beaten those other three teams at home already. They got to go play them on the road. So hard to sweep a team at this level. Ohio State, I think, is the game they got to get. And I think they got a really good chance to get it Wednesday if they can bottle the last ten minutes of that Northwestern game and continue it over to. Uh, to Columbus. Ohio State, once upon a time, was ranked number two in the country uh, going back into December and January. So certainly they have the talent, at least on paper. They've kind of struggled lately, uh, you know, falling out of the rankings. They've lost uh, a bunch of games in conference. But to go on the road and beat a team like Ohio State with the players that they have, that would be huge, I think, for Rutgers to, to put that on their resume. And Illinois, that's a winnable game, especially with how well they play at home. Illinois ranked, you know, 22. Uh, they took a drubbing from Maryland this past week as well. I think everyone has taken one from Maryland this year. But that's certainly two winnable games right off the bat. And, Jerry, would that be enough to get them back into the top 25? It might, yeah. It, yeah, definitely be in the mix. I mean, you're always dependent when you're trying to break in on what other teams do. Teams got to fall out. But they would be in the mix for sure. With Ohio State, Caleb Weston's a guy like the forward – Versatile photo can shoot the ball. He burned Rutgers last year bad out in Columbus. He's the key guy. Can they match up with him defensively? Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that's, this, is, this is the week for Rutgers. This is like a move it, move it or lose it type of week. So if they, they get a split, should be the goal. A split should be the goal for them. If they won two, they'd be off to the races. If they lost two, there would be panic setting in. You know, you don't want to lose a home game at this point. So can they get a split? Starts Wednesday. Starts with limiting Caleb Wesson. I think Rutgers will be right in this game with a very good chance to win. 
And as we look to March, have they done enough? Are they in the tournament? Uh, obviously, you know, like you said, winning these games would go a long way. But where do you see them come uh, Selection Sunday? Yeah, I think they have to win three. Like right now, they're in an 8-9 and nine type of game. So they're in. If the season was to end today, Rutgers would be in. But, I mean, the schedule's so hard, you can't keep losing. You know, I think they've got to win three. If they win three more regular season games, and that would get them to 11, they would finish 11-9 and nine in the Big Ten's regular season, they would not have to sweat out the Big Ten tournament. They would be in. Now, what would their seed be? I don't know. Maybe not great, but it doesn't really matter for Rutgers. It's about, for Rutgers, it's about getting in, breaking a 29-year NCAA tournament drought, and they're close. Three more wins will do it. One win this week would get them a big step of the way there. And safe to say this team's a year early? based on, on some of the players they have. I mean, we saw kind of flashes of it last season. Uh, you know, teams don't want to be the just-happy-to-be-here type, but Rutgers making the NCAA tournament a year early, regardless of what happens, that's got to be a huge win for this program. No doubt. I mean, we all projected NIT in the preseason. Uh, I think they, they scheduled to make the NIT. That was kind of the goal for this team, but even though nobody announced it was to have a winning season and get make the NIT. And now the bar's raised, no question, a year ahead of schedule. They're playing nine guys, and seven of them are underclassmen. And so ahead of schedule, one year, no question. And, and around the state, too, it's not just about Rutgers and Seton Hall. Uh, the Metro is wild this year with, with Monmouth, with Ryder, uh, St. Peter's all in the mix right at the top of that conference. Uh, I know, Steve, you've been following Monmouth as well. Uh, just take us through that and, and what it's looking like for March with these three teams going at it. Well, I think there's a very good chance one of those three teams will represent the MAC in the NCAA tournament. I mean, it was a tough weekend for Monmouth. They had their biggest crowd of the year show up, had a halftime lead, and just could not hold it against St. Peter's. That really hurt them. Uh, now they got to go on the road for three games. Uh, they got to really hold it together and not let this slip away. I think for St. Peter's, that's a great story right now. You know, they, they really came out of nowhere. They're so young. They start three freshmen, a sophomore. They have a freshman and sophomore everywhere on that roster. Shaheen Holloway has done an incredible job recruiting, and they are clearly ahead of schedule, and he said so much after the game. Uh, so I, th- I think St. Peter's has a legitimate chance to get to the NCAA tournament. I- his recruiting has been unbelievable. And, I, you know, again, if they get to the NCAA tournament, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about Shaheen Holloway. And, and, Jerry, you can talk about this, but he really can't go anywhere this year, can he? Right. So he has a show cause against him from the NCAA for rec- recruiting, uh, t- not recruiting, tamper- transfer tampering when he was at Seton Hall. So, yeah, he would, he would be a year away from being able to be hireable elsewhere. And, you know, the good news for him is the team's loaded. He could, they could win even bigger next year. Yeah. I mean, this is, the sky's the limit for this group. And I want to just mention something about Gene Holloway, and that is that you talk about his recruiting, and that's what jumps out at you with his great freshman class. But, you know, you have to be able to coach those guys. Shaheen is underrated as a coach. The guy can coach. I mean, Miles Powell became an All-American because of Kevin Willard and Shaheen Holloway together developing him. Uh, he was not projected to be that type of player out of high school going to Seton Hall. Shaheen has taken these these guys. He's got 10, 11 guys he's playing, and no one's playing a lot. They're all shuffling in and out like a hockey team almost, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so he's getting guys to freshmen, new guys, talented young guys to buy into everyone playing a role. That's an art. That's the art of coaching. So I think Shaheen has to get a lot of credit there. And, and I I think the team everyone forgets about is Ryder quickly. I mean, they were the preseason MAC favorites to win it. They're tied for first place. 
they have 4,000-point scores on that team. Now, the problem is there's only one ball, and it took them a little while to get it all figured out. But right now they're playing pretty good, and they're going to be a factor too. It's now or never for Ryder. Absolutely. This is the year. The window closes after this year. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think they're getting it together at the right time. The MAC tournament will be, will be must-watch. It's going to be wild in Atlantic City in March. So as it stands now, with three New Jersey teams at the top, you have, I think, Siena crashing the, the Jersey party at the top of the standings right now. As you see it now, just quickly, who represents this conference in March? You know, I think it, I think right now, if, if I'm looking at the three New Jersey teams, I think Ryder is probably going to have the best chance come the tournament time. I, I think Monmouth will be a factor. You know, the X factor in, in the MAC is going to be Iona. They're playing well right now. They're probably going to have to win four games in four nights. That will not be easy, but they have as much talent probably more than anybody. Wouldn't it be something else if Tim Clues showed up off of his <laughs> his, uh, his illness of sabbatical to coach the tournament? You'd never rule anything out of the max, Steve. <laughs> no. And New Jersey could have a fourth team in the NCAA tournament. Yes, out of the Ivy League, and that's Princeton. They're currently at the top of the standings with a big game coming up Friday against Yale, the team they're tied with. Uh, what do you project out of the Tigers? Well, listen, I've seen them a few times. They're very good. Jalen Llewellyn is an excellent young guard. I mean, he really – and they have a great big guy. Um, I I think they have a chance. Now, are they the best team in the Ivy League? Probably not. So – but anything could happen there. With with Princeton and the Ivy, it's about getting in the four-team tournament, and they're going to get there. They're going to finish in the top three. They're one of the three best teams. You know, Harvard and Yale are probably the two best teams on paper – but you get into the four-team tournament, and anything can happen. It's at Harvard this year. They were the runaway favorite in the preseason, but they've had a major injury. So Princeton has a shot. I mean, New Jersey hasn't had four NCAA tournament teams since 1991. It is in play right now with, with five weeks to go. And you see the reason we need a podcast like this, to do it every week and go through all these teams, all these conferences, and try to break it down. So uh, that was a great first episode. I hope you guys enjoyed listening, too. We're going to be bringing this to you every week. Uh, you can follow, of course, all of us on Twitter. Uh, myself, Ryan Ross, APP. Jerry Carino is at New Jersey Hoops Haven. And Steve Edelson is at Steve Edelson APP. Of course, we'll be talking college basketball on there as well, covering all the games. Go to app.com to read all the write-ups and analysis and everything you need to find if you're a college basketball fan. That's going to do it for us, our very first show. For Steve and Jerry, I'm Ryan, and we'll catch you next time on Jersey Jump Shot. Jersey Jump Shot is a production of the Asbury Park Press and USA Today Network. Subscribe at app.com.